to NFL Down Under, the show by Australian NFL fans for global NFL fans. We've got a little bit of a different show tonight, but we'll talk about all that and so much more in just a tick. Let's bring the crew on board. We'll start with Teed and all boy. How, how do I describe Teed? He's first in the tips, last in the locks. He's tanking in Dynasty, and he's still going to make the championship of both Dynasty and Redraft. So we're not really sure where the great man's going to be at all times, but we know what's going to come out of his mouth is quality. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm a mixed bag all over and, um, you know, really showing my form by clicking the refresh button just as we started here. So I almost missed the start here, but I'm glad I made it in time for that. <laughs> that does. That's just where he's at, our man, on a Thursday. And Smid, normally the last couple of Thursdays we've been able to sit down and uh, you, much more than me, have been able to gloat over our golfing skills, but we're in mid-December. We're in the first month of summer in Melbourne and it won't stop raining. So that's where we're at. How are you? Yeah, who would have thought that uh, on the 22nd of December we'd get rained off uh, from a golf game? So bizarre scenes here in Melbourne. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a bit of a different show tonight, Daz. Yeah, mate, absolutely. So the, we figure there there are going to be plenty of games that are, we call half worth it. So we wanted to take a different spin here. There are two games with genuine um Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Consequences, Playoff genuine implications. Yeah, that implications. That's the word that I was looking for. Jeep is the wordsmith that I am. So we're going to go through those in depth. One of them, we're kind of punishing our man Teed for talking about this, Smith, because he didn't want to talk about their loss last week. So we're putting him on the yeah. stand down in and getting yeah. him to talk about it. We're going to talk. We're going to cement our playoff brackets. We've got the second edition of How About Stat, one of the best uh, quiz segments in Australian podcast history, I reckon. And uh, it's only going to get better from the first one because that was a disaster. Smid's got some mock draft content for us, which is going to be great. We're still going to quick fire games. We've got locks, certs, uh, TDs, TDs, which is basically just throwing shit at a dartboard at the moment because our man went none for five <laughs> when he thought about it last week. So just whatever he's feeling like we might go with. But um, let's get into the games that uh, have those implications. Smidden, I'll let you go first while T tries to call the bias, that being the Jets and the Jags. Yeah, so this one has serious playoff implications in the AFC because, as we know, the Jags are only one game off in the AFC South and are playing some fantastic football over the last month and a bit. So they're flying and... The Jets are still a real chance for a wild card spot. Um, and I think with a couple of tough divisional games after this week, this really is a must win for New York if they want to keep those playoff chances alive. Uh, my opinion, those chances got seriously diminished with the news that Mike White won't be available. And Zach Wilson will start again. And his stats didn't look horrific from the game last week against the Detroit Lions. But I think if you watch a lot of the game, he showed that he wasn't up to it still. The interception he threw uh, down the left sideline was just, you can't get away with that in college, let alone the NFL. Um, it was probably the easiest interception that that cornerback's likely to get this year. And it really wasn't a pretty one. So I don't think he gives the New York Jets their best chance to win football games. Um, and they've got to face the Jags, who are absolutely on fire at the moment, um, coming off a massive win against Teed's Dallas Cowboys at home. And uh, it was a comeback win, down 27 to 10, uh, and to win 40 to 34 after a pick six in overtime uh, was just a... Uh, it could be a franchise-altering win, and that might seem like an overreaction um, considering how it all played out. But if they can win out the rest of the season, win the AFC South, make some noise in the playoffs, and add to their uh, roster during the offseason, Trevor Lawrence has made such a huge jump uh, in the span of 12 months if he can be an even better version of himself this time next year. The Jags could be looking at a serious playoff run. And uh, these are the games that Jacksonville have to win. You know, they come off the massive win against Dallas and it feels like the Jags of the past 10 years after a big win like that would drop their bundle and, and get blown out in a game like this. But I think with Doug Peterson, this is a different Jacksonville Jaguars franchise. I think, 
Um, they're playing really disciplined football. They're playing exciting football offensively. Trevor Lawrence is really slinging the ball. And and they had a really uh, active and efficient run game against the Lions as well with Travis Etienne, who went for over 100 yards at five yards per carry. So it's not like they couldn't run the ball. They were just having so much success throwing the ball. And, and sort of like a pick your poison for the defense because if they choose to key in on the run, they're giving Trevor Lawrence man coverage, which he's been eating up. Whereas if they want to drop back in heavy zones, Travis Etienne can rip off a big run at any time. So they're really tough to stop. And we know the Lions defense probably isn't their strength. So this looks to be, oh, sorry, the New York Jets is, the defense is their strength. I was talking about last week, but so it's going to be interesting to see the the strength of the Jags offense versus the strength of the New York Jets defense and just who can win that tug of war. And it's vice versa. The The weakness of the Jags is their defense, whereas the weakness of the Jets is their offense. So it's going to be interesting to see which of the bad units can play best and which of the good units don't quite play up to their standard. But I have no reason to tip against the Jags in this game, and and I think they'll win. Yeah, Jags for me in this one as well, with a little bit of confidence. Of course, as the biased Finns fan, if the Finns do win this week, and we'll talk about that game in the quickfire, and the Jets lose at least, then the Dolphins should be okay. Uh, I know the Jets have got the tiebreaker, but we'll see. Uh, Teed, who wins this one? Your man, Trevor Lawrence, finally coming into his own. Yeah, it kind of feels like he's been um, just going along this year and, and he's got just exploded over the last month or so, um, which is really good to see. Um, and, you know, not only has Jaguars fans excited for next year, but also, you know, the end of this year because they do control their own destiny. If they win out, they do win that division. Uh, for the Jets, Smithy touched on it. They, they really need this one. Um, if they lose this, they're going to have to be relying on other teams to lose to make the playoffs. Um and that's something that you don't really want to do you know, any time, but especially with two weeks left, you know, your margin for error isn't very big at all. Um, but, yeah, I'm with Smithy. I feel like the decision to pick um, the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game is a lot easier for me when I see that Zach Wilson is the quarterback um, for the New York Jets. They just really seem to struggle with him. Um, he hasn't made a leap at all. And, you know, he's, um, you know, these two guys were drafted one pick after one another, I think. And, um, you know, you, you can clearly tell which guys made the leap and which guy hasn't. And um, Zach Wilson seems to really be struggling and he is running out of time. I think we really haven't seen much improvement from him at all. Um, and it, it just is, if Mike White was starting this game, it would be a, a, a lot tougher to pick, I think. But I feel like the Jaguars probably should be favoured, Um when Zach Wilson starts and and they aren't. So it just, it feels a little uh, tricky, I guess, that the Jets are still favoured, but their defence is really good. And, um, you know, they will be able to shut down Trevor Lawrence. Well, not shut him down, but I, I don't see him passing for 400 yards, especially on a short week. Um, but I, I think the Jaguars might only have to score 20 points to win this game. And, and I think they will. I like it. And now you've actually got to talk about your Cowboys teed. It might be easier considering you don't know the result of this one, but this game, I mean, it's kind of difficult for you to talk about considering you're starting for the Eagles this week. So how do you see this one going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very well played, but um, yeah, there is a lot of question marks around who is starting for the Eagles this week. I think. No, there's um, not. It's you. <laughs> Yeah, well, if it's me, um, the Eagles certainly wouldn't be winning. Um, but you know, Jalen Hurts came out during the week that he's hurt. Um, you know, a lot of people expected him to miss, and then you know, a lot of people saying he's a chance to play. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I think if the Eagles are smart, they sit him in this game. Um, this game essentially means nothing um, in terms of playoff seating. I think the Eagles only have to win one more game to lock up the number one seed and the Cowboys really aren't moving out of that five seed after that loss last week. So in my opinion, I don't think either of these two teams should be reaching too deep into their playbook just because I feel like this is an inevitable playoff matchup in the second round Cowboys versus Eagles. And I don't think either team would want to give anything away to their opponent. Um, 
I feel like the Eagles are the better team. The, the way the Cowboys are playing right now, they're scoring a lot of points, but they're also, you know, Dak Prescott, he's playing really well, but he's also turning the ball over a couple of times a game. And whether that's his fault or the receiver's fault, it, it just it seems like he's got the yips at the moment and um, he just can't help but throw an interception at least a game. I'm pretty sure he's thrown 10 since he's been back, which leads the NFL. Um, and I don't think you can be giving this Eagles team any extra possessions. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who is that quarterback, whether it is Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew. Um, the Eagles, they're going to be able to run on the Cowboys. I feel like they're going to be able to throw on them as well. The Cowboys secondary um, is extremely thin. It's Trayvon Diggs and no one else. Um, and it is a weakness that probably is going to be exposed. Maybe not in this game so much, but throughout the rest of the season, I feel like it will um, maybe in the playoffs too. It really is something that um, isn't spoken about much, but I feel like that is a weakness that, that could undo this Cowboys team um, and pair that with the fact that I feel like Dak Prescott's going to turn the ball over a couple of times against this uh, Philadelphia Eagles team. I really do like the Eagles' chances to win this one um, in the Cowboys' home, and that's why I'll be picking the Eagles. Well, we disagree. I think psychologically this game means... A lot for this Cowboys franchise. I think they need to win. The Eagles will want to win, but I agree with you, Tate. I don't think they need to do anything super special. So I'm back in the Cowboys here, Smithy. Yeah, I've tipped the Cowboys as well, um, thinking that Jalen Hurts is going to miss, and they have that much of a cushion in not only the division but in the conference that they can afford to drop a game like this one and. Um, yeah, like you said, Daz, I think this game will mean a lot more to the Cowboys um, in the grand scheme of things, and uh, that's why I think they get the job done. Tell you what, if anyone's looking for a pass-catching tight end at the moment, I've just caught my light that nearly fell off my desk there. If there was any noise that came through, my goodness, reflexes outstanding. So let me get this right. The Cowboys are playing, and Teed's the only one that didn't tip them. Is that where we're at? Yeah. This is extraordinary, and yet he'll he'll still swan in like a peacock our man if they get up, let me tell you. Still winning Alrighty. the Super Bowl. <laughs> To the playoff bracket. Now, this is where I'll be keeping you two accountable about a month from now too, by the way, but we're going to go through one through seven because uh, we did say in the review episode of week 15 uh, of the playoff set as to where the standings are. You both said no, so you're going to let me and the listeners know, the fantastic listeners out there too who is going to be in the brackets. Teed, we're going to start with the AFC. Give me your one through seven, please, of the AFC. One through seven in the AFC. I've got the Chiefs at number one. I've got the Bengals at number two. I've got the Bills at number three. And I've got the Jaguars at number four. They're obviously the division winners. The three wildcard teams, I've got the Chargers at five, the Dolphins at six, and the Ravens at seven. Ooh, I like it. Smid. The yes. Bengals are two. I, I like yeah. it. I've got the exact same Clearly, wild card so, order. Let's, let, just before you go, on top of me keeping Teddy accountable, if he tips the Bills to beat the Bengals next week, <laughs> I'm reaching through this screen and smacking the shit out of him. So, Ted, you're on notice. Smith, go. Yeah, so I've got the exact same wild card order being uh, the Chargers at five, the Dolphins at six, and the Ravens at seven. But... My division winners in a different order. I've got the Bills securing the one seed. Uh, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs at two, the Cincinnati Bengals at three, and then the Jags at four. Bang. Oh, I like it. And Smid, you're on a roll. Give me an NFC, please. Yeah, so the NFC in order, the one seed, the Philadelphia Eagles at two, the Minnesota Vikings at three, the San Francisco 49ers, and at four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and they're the division winners, the wild cards, Dallas Cowboys at five, the Detroit Lions at six, and the G-Men, the New York Giants, come in at number seven. Oh, boy, I like it. Teed, where do you agree? Where do you disagree? Yeah, my uh, first five are the exact same. At six, I've got the Giants, and at seven, I've got the Seahawks. Ooh, still backing them in. I like he's, it. He's uh, looked at he's Gino the in the Pro Bowl. 
Yeah, isn't he? But he's looked at Gino in the Pro Bowl and he's going, oh, mate, I'm back in the inside. This is fantastic. Um, I know we normally don't do uh, Reddit in the preview, boys, but I found a question here that I want to float to the two gentlemen before we get to, let's be honest, the best quiz segment in Australian podcasting at the moment. Uh, is Pete Carroll a lock for the Hall of Fame as a coach? That's come in by uh, Newbie Hawk. So I'm going to assume this is someone who hasn't supported the Seahawks for very long here on Reddit, but Pete Carroll, is he a lock for the Hall of Fame? Smithy, what do you reckon? Uh, I I would say so, yeah, because it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame and it takes into account college and NFL um, for what he did with USC back in the college days and then transferring that to the NFL and doing it with, um, obviously, the Seattle Seahawks. I would say he is probably a lock to be in the Hall of Fame. Teed? Yeah, he um, he's done a lot of work... <laughs> With USC as well, and um, you know, Smithy's right that those two, obviously, the the career with the Seahawks has been really impressive. They've had ten winning seasons or whatever until this year is you know nearly enough. I know he's only won the one Super Bowl, but um, you know he changed the the legacy around the Seahawks, and you know I think the Seahawks are a lot different if he hadn't been their coach, you know, however long it was ago. But his work with USC um, probably solidifies it as well. So I think he is. Bang, beautiful. There we go. That, that wasn't a poll question, so I don't have any figures for you, but thought I'd throw that at you in the build-up to the segment name that Smithy hates the most, but he loves participating in. This is How About Stat? The intro music's still dumb, too. This is just a piss Smithy off of this. <laughs> what he has created a stinger for his own segment. How Absolutely. is the head on him? How how that's, arrogant is he getting? Broad. That's how. That's what I how I would describe it at the moment. The head is broad. Now, you two demanded something easier, um, and I feel like you two have got a little bit of a niche, and it's the Australian culture, and that is shitting on blokes. So let's go to a negative statistic. Now, looking through a stat that is quite polarizing in the NFL media, that being QBR, and looking at the top of the table, they're all the names you expect. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Tua, maybe surprising to some. Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff, this is boring. We're going down the bottom. I want the top five worst QBRs for players that have started in five or more games. There are 33 qualifying quarterbacks here. Uh, if you name a quarterback that hasn't qualified for, obviously, the reason that I've just said, I won't count that as a strike, but you two need to work together to fill the board three strikes and you're out. So who's been the uh, – what's whatever the opposite of the creme de la creme is, that's what we're going for. Smithy, who do you think is on the top five for the worst QBR in the NFL this season? Baker Mayfield. Yep, he is the worst. Yeah, 33rd, <laughs> 33rd out of 33 qualifying quarterbacks with a Q. Do you want to have a crack at the QBR just to whatever you think? Um, I'm pretty sure when he left Carolina, it was in the 40s. It might have gone up a little bit because of that Thursday night game. So I'm going to say like 48. Okay, so just for context, 48 would get you... 11th worst. His QBR is 23.2. Oh, I might be thinking of passer rating, my bad. Uh, it definitely could be what you're thinking. But 23.2 for Baker Mayfield. So, Smid, you were jumping out of your chair to get started. You've already done more than last week. I commend you, Teed. I'm just going to go with um, the quarterback of the worst team in the league and, and go with Davis Mills. Yes, he is. He's fourth worst on the list, 34.4. Oh, here we go. I'm telling you. The, the segments, they're like pancakes. First one's a throwaway, and then you're just you're getting into it. You love it. It's like children. Smith, back to you. This one's going to hurt to say, and I don't know if it's improved, but I know for a vast majority of the start of the season, he was last in the league in this stat. It's my man, Justin Fields. No, Justin yes. Fields is not. <laughs> Smithy, so happy to get a strike on the board. So I'm actually looking for Ju Justin Fields has the 14th best in the league. Oh, he has picked it up big time, my man. Hasn't he? Uh, I know for a long time he was uh, down the bottom with Baker Mayfield. 
Um, but yeah, he has picked it up, and I'm I'm very glad to see that he wasn't down there. Playing out of his skin, beautiful. All right, Tade Smith once again just uh, lagging a little. So book yourself in for shoulder surgery, son, if you get one out. <laughs> yeah, well said, Des. Um, well, I'm going to go towards another bad team, I guess, and, and go with Zach Wilson. Oh, you've done well there. But Zach Wilson is actually seventh worst, didn't quite make it. 42.4, so he's just missed out. But uh, that has drastically improved when there are mills in the crowd, so he probably should have taken that into account before you've gone with Big Zach there. But two strikes, which means which means we get to bring out the hints, which we love. Um, uh, All right, I'll, I might do a personalised hint here. Smid, you really hate someone. That's in the five. There you go. There's a hint for you. So we try to fill up the board. Ryan Tannehill. You're locking that in? I'm Jeez. locking it in. Smith really hates Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> but <laughs> just between you and me, because I want this segment to continue, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> Who, else? Who do you oh, hate Mac, more than Mac Ryan Jones. Tannehill? Mac Jones. Are you, lock, are you locking that in? I'm locking that in. Fantastic. Second worst QBR in the league at the moment with 30.7. So he's still seven and a half better than Baker Mayfield, which is extraordinary. Uh, Teed, back to you. I don't I don't really have a clue for you. I might throw one out there. Bathrooms. Let's see if you remember this. <laughs> Bathrooms. Jeez. Um, it's the other Wilson, isn't it? Russell Wilson. Bang, it sure is. Fifth worst. For Russ there, who still has more bathrooms in his house than touchdowns, uh, which is extraordinary. 37.1 is his QBR. Extraordinary. So we're only missing one. Um, I might give you two a crack each, and if you can fill it, I'll count it. Uh, NFC. That's all you get. He's not starting this week. That's it. They're all your hints. It's not starting in the NFC this week. No. And by that, I don't mean he's starting in the AFC. That's I wouldn't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. just by the by. Uh, if anyone it, that knows me is listening, they're probably it, thinking, I'd go an AFC quarterback. No. Is it Marcus Mariota? That's where Smith's going. T, do you want to throw a name out there? I'm backing in. I want you boys uh, to do well here. NFC. I don't, Taylor Heineke. He is Isn't starting. Your he would. He would oh, be starting. Okay. <laughs> I love that Tia Smid gets so competitive once the strikes hit the board. He looked cool, calm, and collected, but now he's just. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to insult your teammate, Smith. What are we dealing be, with, though, mate? It's supposed to be a collaboration. All right, Tade, you've had a bit more thinking time. Help you. My Tade, a couple of people that came into my head. Uh, did Jameis Winston start five games? I don't think he's, he did. He's not starting this week. Not starting this week, but he started five games this season. Matthew Stafford oh, is another Kyla. good option. Could be Kyler. Um, Stafford's another option. He's stunk it up. Stafford has stunk it up. Yeah, maybe Stafford. QBR is a bit of a quirky stat. Maybe Stafford. So Stafford and or Marcus Mariota. Yeah, lock it in. Lock it in. Bam, bam. Carson oh, Wentz brings up the third oh. worst QBR. Oh, so I was right the first time. <laughs> yeah, you said Taylor Heineke. And <laughs> yeah, I was so close to going, you're closer than you think. I was going to say Dude. Taylor Heineke's backup, but you interrupted me. <laughs> <laughs> 31.9, but like you said, it is a bit of a quirky stat. Aaron Rodgers just missed the cut at 40.8, which is extraordinary. Jeez. And Jacoby Brissett is seventh, and he's not starting at all. So just for context of <laughs> how quirky this stat could be. But there we go, boys. Did, was the second one an improvement? Yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot more. All righty. So that's that's what we're going with. There's uh, Daz's self-indulgence. There's how about stat, and now... um. Smid, you get to play the mock draft game and Teed gets to play the ultimate judge, which I'm looking forward to in a big, big way. Because yeah. if he doesn't think it's a good fit, he's going to let you know. And I admire that about our man. Yeah, look, having arguably the greatest drive-by um, insulter in the history of sports podcasting reacting yeah. to my first mock draft of the season has me a little bit nervous, but uh, I'm pretty confident with what I've got going on here. And 
Uh, it's nice to be able to have that balance. We shone some light on the playoff teams earlier with our playoff brackets, uh, and we'll shine a light on most of the teams who aren't going to be in the playoffs with this mock draft. So we're covering everyone tonight. Beautiful. We like it. So, Teed, if, uh, if at any point you think that positionally might not be the best fit, or oh, we want you to jump in and absolutely rip into our man, all right? I'm happy to do that. No holds barred. Well, you would do it for free, so it's good that we can record you. Smithy, all yours, mate. I don't have for a draft free. noise here for you, and I'm and I'm not doing one on the spot. So Yeah, no, nah, all good. So uh, with pick one, the Houston Texans. Now, this draft order isn't locked in. Um, as we know, there's still three games to play, so this could shuffle around. But at time of recording before week 16, this is the draft order. So at number one, the Houston Texans take Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. Now, I saw a stat during the week that there's only been two quarterbacks in the history of the NFL draft who have been taken with a height of 5'10 or shorter and a weight of 190 pounds or lighter, and that's what Bryce Young is, and those quarterbacks were both taken outside the top 100. So he would really be uh, getting into new territory, Bryce Young, but... Uh, it's hard to deny his natural talent. The Houston Texans desperately need a franchise quarterback after the Deshaun Watson saga. And uh, I think Bryce Young is someone they can certainly build around. Nothing from Teed, so I'm guessing that's a tick. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's only really added two guys, I think, number one at the moment. And, and yeah, yeah I, I couldn't fault anyone for picking Bryce Young. Bang. Keep going, Silent, Silence is a good thing. Pick two, the Chicago Bears take... Andrew June, the edge out of Alabama. And uh, I think he's probably the most dominant defensive player in college football. He had double-digit sacks last year, but we know that sacks aren't the be-all and end-all at the college level. But the thing with Will Anderson is he has the tangible production in terms of quarterback sacks, quarterback pressures, uh, quarterback hits, and all of those things. But he also has the intangibles, the... Height, weight, arm length, explosiveness. He is going to come in and have an impact similar to what we've seen Aiden Hutchinson have this year with the Detroit Lions. Uh, they have a fairly similar profile, although Will Anderson is probably a bit bigger and a bit more of a freakish athlete than Aiden Hutchinson was. So he's going to come in and provide the Bears with some much-needed defensive help. Bang. At pick like three. It. Keep going. I'm yep. just going to... Just going to keep just rolling. Keep, just keep rolling until Teague calls you a fuckwit. That's pretty much yeah. how this is going to work. Go for it. At pick three, um, <laughs> the, the Seattle Seahawks, courtesy of the Denver Broncos, uh, select Jalen Carter, the interior defensive lineman from Georgia. Now, this guy is just a genuine game wrecker, both in the run game and the passing game. It's quite rare to see someone of his uh, size and weight and position in the interior of the defensive line, be able to be such a uh, efficient and steady pass rusher at the same time. The Seattle Seahawks' big problem on defense is stopping the run, and that was highlighted against my Carolina Panthers uh, two weeks ago when the Panthers had over 200 rushing yards on them. And Jalen Carter is just unbelievable against the run. We saw it all year at Georgia, and he's going to come in straight away and be such a difference maker for the Seahawks. Uh, pick four, Arizona Cardinals select Tyree Wilson, the edge out of Texas Tech. Now, this is sort of the Trayvon Walker of this draft class in terms of the tangible profile, uh, the height, weight, arm length, and athleticism combination is off the charts with Tyree Wilson. To put it bluntly, he is a genetic freak, and teams at the next level are going to certainly covet that. The Cardinals really struggle rushing the passer, and with J.J. Watt reaching um, the climax of his career and also entering free agency uh, either this year or next year, they definitely need a new franchise pass rusher, and Tyree Wilson will come in and do that straight away. We go to five, the Detroit Lions via the LA Rams. Select Cam Smith, cornerback from South Carolina. Uh, one of my favorite players in this draft so far, and I think this is probably pretty high for him, but 
The Detroit Lions have really struggled against the pass. Jeff Okuda has had a pretty good year, three, but uh, they I think they have five of their seven cornerbacks on the roster uh, have expiring contracts and may walk. So they easily could let someone like Amani Awari, Awari, I can't pronounce his last name, Amani O. Uh, they can let him walk in free agency and just plug Cam Smith on the boundary opposite Jeff Okuda, and they would be fine. So I like that pick for the Lions. At six, the Colts take CJ Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State. And the Colts would be very, very glad if this happened and he could fall to them because we've seen the disaster that is their quarterback room this year. Uh, and Stroud can make all the throws. His natural arm talent is off the charts. There is a stigma about Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. I hate it. Um, you scout the player, not the helmet. And I don't care how many Ohio State quarterbacks haven't worked out in the NFL. You've got to judge CJ Stroud on the player that he is, not the pass. So I'd be Only more than happy. Time. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I'd be more than happy uh, to have CJ Stroud on my Panthers, but it doesn't quite fall that way. At seven, the Falcons take Brian Brzee, interior defensive lineman from Clemson. He is a, a force and the Falcons defensive line um, really don't have many difference makers. So he's sort of like Jalen Carter um, in the way that he can impact run defense and pass rush from the interior. Uh, and that'd be a great starting point for the Falcons. At eight, my Panthers take Will Levis, quarterback from Kentucky. Didn't really set the world on fire in college, but he's got everything that uh, NFL teams want in a quarterback. He's tall. He is strong, he is agile, he has a big arm, and he played in a pro-style offense in college. So although his production wasn't fantastic, he's familiar with the way the NFL teams operate in offense. So he'll be able to come in straight away, pick up the playbook, and be able to operate the offense quite quickly. If the Panthers can put a competent coaching staff around him um, and develop him quick enough over the summer. I think he can work out fine. I've seen reports that Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper is infatuated with Will Levis. So all signs point to that happening, um, which as a Panthers fan, I need to probably do a bit more research on Will Levis to see whether I love it or not. But uh, there's plenty more to play out from here until then. At nine, definitely my most controversial pick of the mock the Philadelphia Eagles take Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas. And I would absolutely hate mocking a running back to any other team inside the first round. But the Philadelphia Eagles are such a rare case where they really don't have any needs. When you look at, they have the best offensive line in the NFL. They have arguably the deepest and best defensive line in the NFL. Their secondary is stacked. They've got two fantastic wide receivers. They've got their quarterback. They've got a top five tight end. Like They are set all over the park. Miles Sanders is a free agent. So instead of paying him a big contract at his age, you can take Bijan Robinson, who arguably is an upgrade on Miles Sanders, and call it a day. I think it's a bit of a no-brainer for the Philadelphia Eagles. And regardless of their situation, it will be criticized taking a running back inside the top 10. But I think in this situation, it is perfectly fine. Uh, the Green Bay Packers picking at 10, their highest draft pick in quite a while, will be Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC. And when you look at the two rookie receivers they bought in in the last draft in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, they're both tall, they're both deep threats, uh, and they're both boom or bust options. Jordan Addison will provide a clean route running option, whether he plays inside or outside. Uh, he can be the Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers. And I use that term uh, very lightly. I don't expect him to come in and be prime Devontae Adams from the start. But in a similar way to Devontae Adams, where when Aaron Rodgers needs a first down, I think Jordan Addison would be the target. So I love that pick. At 11, the Raiders take Miles Murphy, edge from Clemson. They desperately need help off the edge. Chandler Jones has been better in the last couple of weeks, but it's literally Max Crosby or bust for the Raiders in terms of pass rush. And 
bringing in someone like Miles Murphy, who has been very productive at Clemson, would be a great option. At 12, I've got the Jags going Peter Skaronsky, offensive lineman from Northwestern. Very similar profile to Rashawn Slater coming out of the same school two years ago. Both big, strong, fantastic tape, but short arms, which for an offensive lineman takes him down a few pegs. Uh, but the Jags can slide him inside to guard. They can play him at tackle while Cam Robinson rehabs from his injury. I just think having that depth on the offensive line is key. And when you look at their skill positions, both offensively and defensively, and their lines, they're pretty set, the Jags. So uh, I like adding to their offensive line here. The Texans, with their second first-round pick, courtesy of the Browns at 13, take Quinton Johnson, wide receiver from TCU, and he's just a big-body, deep threat for Bryce Young and a team that is lacking skill position talent especially at wide receiver in the Houston Texans. I think he would be a really good option. They keep him in state uh, of his TCU. Uh, I think it's Texas Christian University. So um, they keep him in state. And, and yeah, I think it'd be a really good fit. At 14, the Steelers take Keely Ringo, cornerback from Georgia. They need secondary help, the Steelers. And this guy has the size, has the length, has the athleticism, can give up the big play, but... I feel like he would fit in really well in a Mike Tomlin-based system, uh, and this would be a, a good starting point to rebuild that cornerback room who for years and years was really good in Pittsburgh, but it's just dropped off a little bit. So I think Keely Ringo would be a great pick. The Seahawks' second first-round pick, uh, their own first-round pick is at fifth. I have them taking Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson. Similar to Jalen Carter, this is for run defense. And Trent Simpson profiles a lot like um, Isaiah Simmons of the Arizona Cardinals, who also played for Clemson. But they're sort of that prototypical linebacker who can cover the tight ends, but also be really impactful in the run game. And he'll get all over the field. He's very athletic. And Next to Jordan Brooks, that would be a seriously good off-ball linebacker tandem for the next five years in Seattle. Nearly at the end now, pick 16, the Patriots take Paris Johnson from Ohio State, offensive lineman. Their offensive line has been ra um, absolutely ransacked by injuries this year. And bringing in someone like Paris Johnson who has the flexibility to play either offensive tackle or offensive guard uh, he'll probably start straight away, but he could also slide around if needed, depending on injuries. They do have a bit of an aging offensive line and, and a few players who are entering free agency. So uh, to plug him in anywhere over the offseason would be huge. The Jets at 17 take Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Mackay Becton just can't stay healthy. Uh, I think they've used four different players at right tackle this year. So he can come in and play right tackle straight away. Very good in pass protection. Uh, he's a massive dude, and yeah, they can just plug him in and play straight away. And at 18, the last pick of my mock draft, the Detroit Lions, and this is nearly my favorite pick, take Noah Sewell, the linebacker from Oregon. They pair him with his brother, Panay, and <laughs> Noah Sewell just seems like a Dan Campbell dude. Um, he's smaller for a linebacker in height, but he is fast and he hits hard. Uh, and to plug him into that Detroit defense that has really started to turn it up in the last month. Um, and he'd come in next to Alex Anzalone and pretty much be the captain of this defense straight away. Uh, and I can see him making a lot of big plays in year one. So that is my 18 pick round one mock draft. Um, yeah. And there'll be plenty more draft coverage coming as the season comes to an end i really love my draft stuff and i've really started to get into it over the last few years so um love talking about it and can't wait to share some more thoughts with you guys in the process absolutely could be coming to youtube soon smithy but we'll keep people updated on that let me tell you but teed we need the feedback yeah did, I, you, um, did you listen that's the first question are we finished yeah yeah it's up to you yeah <laughs> uh yeah no i did like it i um the only one I, I maybe would have done different was the Texans' second pick. I, I 
I was thinking maybe they go defense there, but um, you know, I don't I don't mind them pairing a nice young wide receiver to go with the quarterback that they choose. Um, so yeah, Smithy did well there. I think I can't I can't fault him there. Um, doing a mock draft so early, you know, the draft still is months and months away, but I, I thought he did well. Oh, Smith, look at that. You're getting compliments from Tade now. Where do we go from here? I'm actually lost. I'm I'm lost for words. Yeah, yeah. Like Trump's wife. He's speechless. My goodness. All right, let's get to the quick fire games as Smithy nearly spits his water out. Uh, we're going to run through these pretty nicely because they are at differing levels of relevance. Um, Teed, Bears, Bills. Yeah, I think um, the Bears played a lot better last week than we expected them to. And here's another tough matchup against a team that, that really, they're winning games, but. Um, they don't look as impressive as I think a lot of people thought they would coming into the year. I know that really doesn't matter now. They're holding down the one seed, and if they can win out, that's what they'll get, and uh, you can't ask for much more than that. But I just feel like um, they are the better team here, and, and they're going to win this one. Yeah, Bills for me comfortably. Smith? Yeah, Bills by a lot. Um, been loving Justin Fields lately, but for him to have Byron Pringle as his wide receiver one last week is just a brutal sight. So, yeah, Bills by a lot. Yeah, Brown Saints. I mean, oh, if you're God. watching this, good luck to you. you got to be a sicko to watch this from start to finish, don't you? If you, if you need Christmas plans, I'm sure one of us can accommodate you wherever you might be. <laughs> if, you, if this is your alternative. My the goodness. over-under, I think, for this game is set at 32. Oh, oh, oh slam God. the under. <laughs> Still too high. I <laughs> regretfully pick the Browns in this one. Yeah, I do too. I hate myself for it. Teed? I agree. I um, I think the Saints, they didn't struggle last week, but they almost, you know, they kept the Falcons in that game for a lot longer than they should have um, against Desmond Ritter, who was in his first start to Sean Watson. He's a better quarterback than Desmond Ritter, and I think um, the Browns' defense would do, it, do enough to, you know, keep that total under and you know whatever the Saints total is I think they'll keep that under as well I don't see the Saints scoring too many points in this game yeah I'm with you now I need to ask you two a question before we move on because this makes me sick to my stomach if I win fantasy this week in redraft and go through to the championship game I would have drafted Deshaun Watson in the final round with uh, a sense of self-hatred that would put the Grinch to shame there is a very real chance that I do not start him at all. So he's been in my team and he hasn't played a game. What do I do here? Do I do I play him out of the fact that it's just guilt? Do I live with the hatred? What What's the advice for Daz? Because it hasn't been a good feeling knowing he's there. And I actually am worried that it could get worse, that I don't use him, that I drafted him and didn't use him. Well, unless Jared Goff gets injured this week or your other quarterback, um, then Herbert. drop him, get him off the roster. He doesn't deserve the he doesn't deserve to be there in the the winning game. Yeah. So unless one of your quarterbacks gets hurt, I'd be dropping him. Teed. Yeah, it is a um, it is a tough thing to have a, a guy like Deshaun on the bench, but uh, yeah, I um, I feel like. Well, I mean, you, you may as well keep him. I don't know if, if you drop him, you're only going to pick up. There's not too many guys on waiver, waivers at the moment that you're going to feel comfortable starting in either this week or the championship game. So I feel like you may as well have the um, the insurance policy, some would call it, of having Deshaun on the bench. Yeah, it's true. Nick Foles got taken off the waiver wire, so that probably tells you where our quarterback situation <laughs> is at the moment. Uh, Titans-Texans. I mean, Smith, you like picking the Texans in these games? Mm. And I might just do it again. Um, it looks like Tannehill won't play, uh, but Derrick Henry just feasts on division opponents. I, I brought out the stat uh, last week. I think it was that 46% of his career rushing yards have come against division opponents. So you can see him have to, having 200 rushing yards and the Titans winning 10-3 to 3 or something like that. Yeah, is that a hint, hint, wink, wink? Get him in the TD segment. Well, Smith? I'm not going to try and do his segment for him, but <laughs> yes. that's a decent stat. <laughs> Couldn't do worse than what <laughs> I fucking served up last week. <laughs> Are you picking the Titans in this one too, Tade? Yeah, um, if you're going off form, I think the Texans are, are a good pick, and 
I don't know what the odds are, but maybe a good bet. They are. But, um, well, I mean, what? they've played a lot better over their last two games, and the Texans have lost their last four. Ah, sorry, the Titans have lost their last four, but the Texans have played the Cowboys and the Chiefs pretty close. So I think if you're going to um, trust a team here, I think you're, you're probably better off to trust the, the Texans. But um, I think Malik Willis can do just enough to um, win this game if, if they're going to just ride Derrick Henry. If they're as good at the tank as I think they are, they're going to lose this 24 to 3. That's yeah. just what they're doing, the Texans. So the I'm masters back of it. To do that. Absolutely, they are. Uh, Chiefs, Seahawks. Uh, Chiefs by how much for me, Teed? Yeah, I agree. Chiefs will win this one by double digits. And um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes will just keep rolling. Yeah, hopefully he uh, feeds Travis Kelsey in this game. Speed. Yeah, uh, Chiefs by a lot as well. It's not going to be close. I really haven't been impressed by the Seahawks over the last six weeks. We'll keep it going, Smith, because the game may be potentially unlucky not to go in-depth, but Vikings-Giants. Uh, the Vikings' defense just the, the don't really know what a four-quarter game is, and Daniel Jones is the quarterback, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, it could go one of two ways. Daniel Jones could go off and make the Vikings' defense look silly. Or the Vikings' defense can have a resurrection and have five-plus sacks and dominate the game. I tip the Vikings uh, just because I believe they are the better team. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not really looking forward to this game, to be honest. I'm picking the Giants in this one. I think the emotional toll that last week's going to take on the Vikings, they're going to slip up. And then from there, they're just going to rip some piss in the playoffs. And I'm looking forward to it. Teed. I'm going with the Vikings. I um, Not with any confidence after last week. Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know if I can really trust this Giants team. It feels like they're going to win games that we don't expect them to. And then um, not show up in games that they probably should win. But um, yeah, I'm going with the Vikings. I like it. Uh, Patriots Bengals. This is going to be an interesting game, Teed, considering I was looking at the coaching list this week and uh, under Patriots offensive coordinator, it just had the word no. I don't know why, but I like it. Who wins this one? Maybe they got fired after what happened last week. Um, This game is in New England. Um, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but I can't imagine it would be nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I just think the Bengals are too good, and it feels like the way the Patriots lost last week, that's enough to to just completely shatter a locker room, and um, and there might be some issues coming out of what happened there, and, and I just feel like the Patriots are, are just going to go downhill from here, so I'm picking the Bengals. Smid, I mean, how can you be any more impressed with the Bengals than right now? They are humming at the moment, and it turns out when – the offensive line doesn't want Joe Burrow to die at the age of 26. A very, very good team. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. been Don't good to see. Don't kill your quarterback. I mean, it's outstanding. Yeah. Great tactics. It's not, it's not the most complicated uh, strategy out there, but uh, <laughs> losses like the one that the Patriots had last week can bury a season. And uh, I think that's happened because it was comical in the worst way possible for the Patriots. And... All I've got to say is sucked in, Mac Jones. <laughs> uh, Panthers, Lions, Smid, uh, emotional investment in this game high. How's your optimism levels? Low. Um, <laughs> I couldn't have been more disappointed in the way the Panthers played last week against the Steelers. And a team who plays like that against a fellow 5-8 and eight team does not deserve to be in the playoffs whatsoever. And Detroit do the way they've been playing. And I, I think that on form alone, the Lions should win by double digits, to be perfectly honest. And I think that's what's going to happen. Jared Goff letting me down in a playoff game has got absolute certainty written all over it. But I'm going to back the Lions in, Teed. I'm actually going with Smithy's Panthers here. And, um, oh, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I feel like their defense is going to have a big game. Uh, they're at home. The Lions. They're going to lose eventually. They're not just going to keep winning. And um, I think this is a good spot for the Panthers to, to get one. Why do you hate Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Detroit, but the reason they started one and six or whatever, and I just don't see them winning 10 games in a row oh. to, to finish a season. <laughs> Detroit are the new New England Patriots. <laughs> 
Tide's going to be in eight mile two. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> that much. Uh, Ravens, Falcons, Tide. I mean, no. Yeah, not very exciting. Um, I, I don't know what the situation is with Lamar. He should be due back soon, but it doesn't really matter if they have Lamar Jackson at quarterback or somehow they had Joe Flacco again. It doesn't really matter. I think they win this game um, by plenty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 even though we can't see Tate at the moment, but the panic that I was feeling on his behalf as he was trying to remember any other Ravens quarterback <laughs> was hilarious. Smith, who wins this Bring game. Trent Dilfer back. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the Ravens as well. Um, I couldn't have been less impressed with Desmond Ritter last week and um, his debut was summarized by his final play of the game, running out of bounds with zeros on the clock. But yeah, I think this Ravens defense is really good and they're going to make life very, very hard for the rookie. Yeah, slam the under in the points here. Uh, nine is Commanders, Smithy. If the Commanders win last week, this becomes a drafted game for mine. Yeah, 100%. Um, the Commanders, oh, they, they just looked really sloppy offensively last week. And you know what? happens to sloppy offenses against this for San Francisco 49ers defense. They get eaten alive and I'm sort of concerned for Taylor Heineke and, and this commander's offense because I feel like that is exactly what's going to happen uh, and the Niners win pretty comfortably. Yeah, I think the Heineken's going to need a few after this. Tade? Yeah, I agree. I feel like um, Heineke's in for a rough one and um, you know, I really can't see the 49ers losing this game or really many other games at this point of the season. Um, clearly one of the best teams in the NFL, no matter who is that quarterback. So I'm picking the Niners. I like it. Steelers, Raiders, Teed. The Steelers need to realize they have more than one wide receiver. Can they figure that out against Las Vegas? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty good team to figure it out against. Uh, I think you, you can have success passing the ball against this Vegas team, but um, I just think this Vegas team is too talented. On offense to to not pick them here. I do like their chances in this one. Um, I think it's Christmas Day here, lunchtime. I think it is the primetime game. Um, I think it's in Pittsburgh as well. But I just I I can't trust this Steelers offense at all. I do love their defense, but um, I feel like if we're comparing offenses, the Raiders' offense walks all over the Steelers' one, um, and I can see. You know, Devontae Adams having a big game after being really quiet last week. Yeah, I like it. Raiders for mine too, Smithy. I'm tipping the Steelers in this one. Um, I I really liked what I saw from them last week in terms of running the ball. And um, Mitch Trubisky, when not pressured and when he has time in the pocket, can make the throws that he needs to make. And we know that the Raiders' problem is rushing the passer. So... I feel like he's going to have enough time and they're going to be able to make enough plays to get over the line. You're beauty. I like it. Uh, Dolphins, Packers. Just please win. I'm going to invoke Teed here. I'm going to, I'm cosplaying as Teed for the next eight seconds. I don't give a shit what the scoreboard says. Just be in front when the clock hits zeros for crying out loud. Uh, Smithy, who wins this one? Yeah, I think it's Dolphins by how much, to be perfectly honest with you, Daz. I feel like. This is the game they need. This is the opponent they need. They've had three rough weeks, uh, three losses in a row, but they haven't played that poorly. We know what the Packers have served up this year. And back in Miami, I, I just feel like this is the time for the Finns to explode. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Mike McDaniel uh, admitting he apologized to Mike Gesicki in the rooms last week, saying that he's failed him as a coach as he was trying to incorporate the receivers more into the offense, and he's left him behind. I wonder if that means he's going to get into the TDs. Probably not, considering Teed called him the most disappointing tight end this year, but something to keep an eye out on. But, uh, Teed, you giving the Packers much chance in this one? No, I'm not. Um, the Packers have been really disappointing, and even their game that they won against the Rams, they looked, um, you know, no good at all. So I really do like the Dolphins here at home. What I what I like to hear: Rams, Broncos. Okay, next Cardinals, Bucks. Who's no? Rams, Broncos. Who's winning? And uh, let's just move on from there. One word answer because no one cares. Broncos. Smith. Bron Broncos. Yeah, Broncos for me too. And Cardinals, Bucks, Teed. This one could have been good if it was week three. Yeah, this is um, 
I think this is the last game on um, NFL Christmas Day, Christmas Day in America, Boxing Day here, but an absolute shit show of a slate um, that the NFL will be regretting, um, you know, announcing because when you look at it, even looking looking at it four weeks ago, it looked horrible. Um, but it, that certainly doesn't help when the Cardinals without Kyler Murray and even Colt McCoy. I think they're starting Trace McSorley here. So um, if <laughs> exactly, I think if the Buccaneers were anywhere close to, to lockable, they would be my first pick. As bad as they're playing, I, they're not losing this game. I like it, Bucks for me as well, Smid. And uh, surely you can't lose to a Madden generated player, as I think that's who Teed went with. Yeah, um, the Bucks win this one as well and uh, just get further ahead in that division race. Absolutely, and finish it. Colts charges Smid. I mean, the Colts somehow couldn't play better or worse than they did last week, which is rare. Yeah, and what a great move by the coach to say, I royally fucked this up. Let me change quarterbacks and see if that helps. So um, shout out to you, Jeff Saturday, for thinking that Nick Foles is the answer to everything. But uh, yeah, the Chargers should win this very, very easily. Well, it worked for Doug Peterson, so, you know. Although this would be the most Chargers loss of all time. Wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sort of nervous about being so confident because it's just got disaster written all over it. Uh, you know what? I don't think I'm catching Teed. Fuck it. I'm tipping the Colts. Oh, oh. oh. breaking news. Daz is off his, what used to be Daz his favorite player, Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. Daz hates Justin <laughs> Herbert. No, I hate the defense. And Justin That's Herbert. Nick Foles poking hit. holes in that defense, mate. Who are you tipping in that this is, one? That is an I'm, I'm not tipping Nick Foles at all. Um, I'm going with the Chargers. Oh, okay. That once is... they win, once they win thirty-three to six, I'm looking forward to jumping on. But you know what? You got it. Sometimes it's for the love of the game, not the real game, but the game of podcasting. Then you got to get involved. In. Come on, fellas! My goodness. All right, let's Nick get Foles to leads the Colts to a win. I don't want to watch a second of that game. <laughs> He's not catching it on the the forty-minute rewatch, our man. Oh, uh, now my uh, that's funny. My my very trusty uh, yeah sports betting app so i can make my lock he's currently not loading for me so that's not going well luckily for me i've got pick three uh no not not if you want to sponsor us yeah absolutely get in in touch we don't have an email address but uh get in touch uh teed who's your lock for week 16 as you attempt to do what is possibly more impossible than nick Foles winning this week yeah, exactly. I am on the brink of uh, one of the all-time great comebacks, even greater than the Minnesota Vikings 33-point comeback last week. And if the last, you know, six or seven weeks or anything to go by, um, you know, my conversion rate in locks is probably the same as Justin Tucker kicking a PAT. Um, so I think I could go a couple of ways here. I could lock my Cowboys as a as a nice one to guarantee a Cowboys win. I could... Um, I could soothe Dad's feelings about the Dolphins by locking them up, um, but I think I'll I'll go and lock against Nick Foles, and I'm I'm going to take the Charges to, to win. Oh, this just <laughs> makes it better. This is so good. <laughs> I'm so pumped for this. Uh, well, that's one of the least true. anticipated games of the season. Uh, will be I, built up. I, I, let me put it this way: If the Colts win, I'm buying a Nick Foles Colts jersey, and I'll wear it oh. for the first show of the off season. That's happening. There's some, uh, there's some serious. If they things. win, Daz, I'll buy you one. Don't worry. You oh, don't done. have to pay for it, mate. I'll <laughs> yeah, buy you one. Done deal. That's fantastic. Smithy, who's your lock? I'm locking your fins, Daz. Um, there is no way they lose to the Packers at home. I like it. And I'm going to lock the Bengals. I think they're going to do things to Mac Jones that are going to seem illegal. So. I'm looking forward to that. So the Bengals for mine as we get into – I should probably write these down, actually. But, uh, Smithy, your certs, yes, which uh, I've actually crunched some math for you. There, There okay. is three results this week that could see you impossible to catch Collins' winning percentage. So Great. if you get zero, that's, you know, that's – you're out. I mean, if you're getting sure zero – sure we trust Daz's math at this point? No, no, my math is good. It's the Nick Foles love that should be questioned at all times. Um, so Smith, if you go zero, if you go one for four and Colin gets three or more, then you're mm-hmm. done. Uh, or if you get two and Colin gets five, 
you're cooked. If there's some pushes right. in there, it becomes more possible. But you, you just you just need fours. Let's just get you fours and fives on the way home, please. Well, lucky I've got um, five out of five guaranteed this week, so that's good. Oh, look at uh, so I'm starting with the charges at minus four and a half. So I'm feeling come on, good about that one. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I already wasn't listening. Sorry, who'd you go for? The charges. Is that you, Charges. Yeah. Uh, I'll this is roll just with my up. lock. Nick Falls, you, you're going to be my favourite player of all time if you pull this off. <laughs> a lock assert. It's great. Sorry. Sorry, Smith, I'm, your second. I'm going to roll with my lock and say the Dolphins at minus three and a half. Get the chocolates in that one. Yes, I'm going to put my faith in the Cincinnati Bengals at minus three to beat the Patriots because the Patriots stink. I am rolling with the Jacksonville Jaguars plus one and a half, considering I tipped them to win the game. Makes a lot of sense for me to be on them there. And I'm going, this could be a reverse jinx, so it's going to work both ways. But the (laughs) minus two and a half against my Panthers uh, if there's any sort of manifestation to get my Panthers over the line, I'm going to roll with it. And putting the, the Lions in the cert could be it. Watch the Lions win by two. Last <laughs> <laughs> second field goal. Smith. I'll see you on Thursday. <laughs> down, down one. What, so, Smid, what scenario would be worse? The Panthers miss a field goal, so you lose by two, which would lose you the game, or the Lions mm. kicking the field goal for them to win by two. Or the Panthers missing a field goal down. Uh, no, how does that work? Anyway. Or the Lions the just absolutely shitting all over your Panthers and putting 50 up on them. Yeah. Or no, no, the Lions up two and they just kick a field goal with like 18 seconds left and they miss it. That's what I meant to say. Would you rather, yeah. them, conf- would you rather them convert to break your heart or not convert to break your heart if your heart does get broken? Convert to break my heart. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. There are some kickers out there that I'd probably suggest going into uh, witness protection if they miss late. All right, Teed, TDs, TDs. And then I've got one more question for you, Teed, before we head out. So let's go. Well, you know. Five for five confirmed. Don't make too many guarantees on this show, but I guarantee you will improve from last <laughs> week's performance. Um, if we That's go over five again, not a certainty. might not be back. <laughs> but. Um, I can confirm with 100% certainty that we won't be going over five this week. Um, oh, geez. And just having a look at the quarterback, I already know I'm over one, but I've gone to Sean Watson. Um, I just feel like he, he's going to run one in. He'll um, he'll weasel his way through um, and, and score a rushing touchdown, I think, against the Saints defense, which is usually pretty good against the pass. So hopefully they can get down in the end zone and he can – you know, run one in. Running back, I've gone Derek Henry. Um, Smithy said he absolutely dominates the Texans, and he does, and I feel like he might score multiple here. So uh, there's the safe one, and I think he'll he'll help me out here and, and make me not look like as much of a fool as I, uh, I did last week. Wide receiver, um, I've gone uh, back to the well with someone who scorned me last week and Christian Kirk. Um, I feel like he's been... Probably the the least productive wide receiver or receiving option in that Jaguars offense um, over their last couple of games where they've played their best. So I think he's going to really want to to score a touchdown. Tight end, I've gone Dallas Goddard against the Cowboys in his first game back. Assuming he does play, um, he's been activated off IR. So I think there's a good chance he does play. And defense and special teams, I've gone with Smithy's Carolina Panthers. I, I did pick them to win on a, on a big uh, performance by their defense. And I feel like... Um, they're probably going to need to score a defensive touchdown uh, if that's the case. Uh, Smid, you've given him a, a look of befuddlement at the defense special teams pick. Yeah, I think we've only scored two defensive touchdowns this year. So oh, you, you do. It's brave. It's brave. Yeah, absolutely, it is, which we love. All right, Teed, one more question for you, and then Smithy can sign us off in your signature style. Smithy and I are heading out on the golf course because we got rained out. Uh, give me a prediction. It could be someone losing a ball, throwing a club, hole in one. Give, give us something that we can report on for the uh, review, please. Where are you playing? Uh, Sky. Is there a drink yes, on the course? There some, there's a couple of creeks, yeah. Okay, so it is a lock that both of you will hit multiple balls in the drink. 
Oh, multiple. Oh, right. Multiple. Both of us hit multiple. Right. Yeah, both multiples. Good to, good to see right. the optimism's come through, Smith. You know he believes, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? He believes in us. <laughs> He's really uh, back in our ability. It's good I've seen see. Smithy on the driving range, and um, you know I'll I'll give him a I'll give uh, Jordy a quick shout out. It's not as bad as him hitting one backwards um, <laughs> off the top of the Aces driving range. <laughs> but, How the hell um, do you do that? Don't ask. That's a yeah. question for another day. Yeah, that that could take a whole uh, whole episode to tell that story. So, he's, but, uh, so I'm assuming he swung and missed it, and then on the swing down, he's hit it. So he's hit it behind him. Yeah, I'm not exactly like sure what happened, but all I know is everyone that was upstairs just ducked when they heard the ball hit the uh, the tin <laughs> wall behind everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. shout out Geordie, the great man. All right, Smithy, it's been a different show tonight. It's been a wildly enjoyable one, and we hope the fans feel the same. Yeah, I've absolutely loved it, to be honest, mate. And um, this is what our, a lot of our off-season content will look like. So get set for that because we love the silly season. But uh, enjoy this week of footy. Uh, go the Panthers. I hope your team wins. Um, and we're looking forward to getting back for the Week 16 review. But until then, stay safe, everyone.